just think people should really take the time to see what feels good for them, right? So for me, you know, some folks are like, polyamorous is my sexual identity or my sexual orientation. Like I am polyamorous. And I tried on polyamory and I was like, ooh, ooh, no, mm -mm, doesn't work for me, right? And so I think when we explore that, when we start exploring and being more self-aware of like what relationships work with our own personal schema, we become better at acknowledging like, oh, wait, this piece of monogamy works for me and maybe this piece of non-monogamy works for me. Or you could be like my best friend who's like... Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 244. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have a beautiful interview with Marla. You may remember Marla because she was on episode 132 back in July of 2020. It's been over two years. Yes, so we brought her back not much, on. Not much has happened in two years. Yeah, you know, not, not a whole lot. <laughs> Yeah, so this is a fantastic conversation. Marla is a sexologist, a strategist, an author, a speaker, and a community builder. She and, wears a lot of titles. And we talk with her about pandemics, pregnancy, parenting, polyamory, polywogs. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> Not right. the last one. Just the first four. But everything else is true. Yes. And so it's a fantastic conversation, and we're super excited to get this out to you all. One really exciting thing that Marla does is she is the co-creator of Sex Down South, which is an awesome, amazing, incredible, fantastic, yeah. sex, sex positive. All of those things too. Sex positive conference down in Atlanta. This year it is on September 8th to the 10th and it is a hybrid conference. So there will be some online and there will be a lot in person. So it'll all be in person, but they will be streaming some. Yes. She will talk a more about a bit more about what this is going to look like at the end of the conversation, but we wanted to make it aware, make you aware because we have a discount code. We would strongly encourage you to go check this out. It's an amazing, amazing event. And the discount code is Emma, just my name, E-M-M-A. All caps. All caps. And you can get $15 off your registration. Yes. And using this code does support our show financially. So thank you for that. And we would Absolutely love to be at Sex Down South this year. We were actually planning to be there. And then somebody decided to go back to grad school. And so we're moving to San Francisco. Yeah. So we will not be at Sex Down South, but hopefully another year soon. Yes. Next year, we're coming for you, Marla. Right. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go. Please go. Absolutely. <laughs> so go check out all of Marla's work on our website, velvetlipsexed.com. There are links in the show notes and more information about Marla, photos of Marla, and some of her co-creators. And yeah, all of her amazing work links are in the show notes. We have one more super awesome, exciting, fantastic announcement, and then we'll jump into the episode. Yes. So, well, first of all, we now both have COVID. That's true. That, <laughs> that wasn't the super awesome, exciting announcement. I don't know where I got it from. I don't know. Total mystery. Total mystery. <laughs> 
but we are we are on the mend slowly. Um, anyway, the super awesome, exciting announcement is that we have shirts available for sale, and they are going to be available until July 22nd. We would love for you to go check them out. Go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You can see it's right there on our homepage. You can see the photo of the shirt. It says, give love, and it is amazing. And when you wear it, you just effuse love. Right. It's just gushing from every pore in your body. <laughs> we hope so. Well, yeah, we hope so. In the most amazing way possible. Yes. All right. We tricked you. We have one last thing before we jump into the interview. <laughs> just a couple of quick community announcements. First, a huge thank you to our Patreon community. You are all incredible. We have more testimonials to play, but not this week because this has already gotten a little long. So we'll do that next week. But just so you're all aware, we have men's and women's groups. We have a monthly Q&A. We also have an ongoing MeWe chat. This community is absolutely amazing. And if you're like, well, I want to join these, but I don't want to wait for some of these. Well, the men's group is tonight. Tonight. Yes. Whatever day this is, Wednesday, <laughs> tonight. I don't remember what day this is because we're recording on Sunday. But the day, if you're listening, the day this came out, it's, it's tonight. The 13th. The 13th. The July men's group. 13th. I thought if I talked long enough, you would finally get the date for me. <laughs> And it worked. So we'll see all of you awesome men tonight on the 13th for the men's group call. And just a quick note on that. This is not just for cis straight men or cis straight women. So we have tons of diversity in these groups and we love it. So please check it out. If you're non-binary, a trans person, whatever, you are more than welcome. And we have people joining us who feel very welcome. So Thank you all and for making a welcoming you, space. Yes, we encourage you to find the group that works best for you. Exactly. Links to sign up for this are on our homepage. You click on the Patreon tab, and it's pretty self-explanatory from there. If you can't figure it out, head over to the Contact Us page and send us an email. <laughs> right, or a voicemail. And we would love to hear from you. We'd love to have you come on the show. We'd love to hear your feedback, and we'd love to see you around. You can also find us on Instagram. Ooh, so I just want to point that out new. there at... NNM podcast because Finn has done an amazing job recently of posting a lot of our previous guests and quotes and I think it's it's awesome. It's mostly photos of me in a thong. <laughs> yes, to go check it out. Go 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 look at that. So if that's not incentive enough, I don't know what is. <laughs> All right, we won't ramble too much longer. Let's go talk to Marla and we will see everybody in the outro for all of the things that we forgot to tell you here in the intro. Let's go. Well, we're excited to have you back on the show today, Marla. Thanks so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm super excited about being here again. I'm like, there's so much that has changed from the last time I was here, including y'all have like a bajillion more episodes. So yeah, I'm ready. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, we last talked to you in the spring of 2020, right? Right when the world was shutting down. And uh, so it's been about two years and over a hundred episodes. And so it's, yeah, a lot has changed and we're excited to get all the updates. Yeah, absolutely. I'm here for it. Awesome. Well, for anybody who hasn't listened to episode 132, no shame to them. They'll, they'll obviously listen after, but <laughs> do you mind giving a little bit of like a high level overview or whatever level overview you're comfortable with of who, who Marla is and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Marla. Marla has so many identities, but uh, overall, 
Um, the, the high level, I would say what I do, right. I'm a sexologist and sexual strategist, author, speaker, and I ran my company Velvet Lips, which is a sexuality education company aimed at helping people specifically around seduction, communication, helping them to enhance their sex skills. But I also help in a variety, a variety of folks, right? So like LGBTQ plus folks, folks in HIV and public health, kinky folks, non-monogamous folks, sort of the spectrum uh, of the different kinds of folks that I help. And then I'm also a co-founder of uh, the Sex Down South Conference. And that is a three-day conference in Atlanta where we learn and learn all the things and also have fun in the evening. And we have a dungeon space and a healing space and, you know, all sorts of fun things to do. And then, um, I mean, there's so many things I do, but maybe I should cut it short there. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I do all the things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to cut it, cut it right there. Perfect. Well, and we'll put links to your website in the show notes so people can go read uh, as much as they want and learn as much as they want. And I think... Like we, we dove into your relationship pretty deep last time. Do you mind giving a, a high level overview of like what your relationship dynamic looks like? And then maybe we can talk about some of the changes, you know, if anybody's having any babies lately or anything <laughs> like that, that you want to talk about. And, and we can kind of see like where things have gone throughout the last 47 years of the pandemic. <laughs> Absolutely. So gosh, July, 2020, so in July 2020, I think right after I had talked to you all, um, I found out I was pregnant. And so that was amazing because we had been working on that for about nine months. And so I got pregnant and uh, in the middle of the pandemic. So I have a pandemic baby. Uh, Malachi was born April of 2021. And so it was kind of, it was it was my relationship has been so in pandemic, we weren't doing anything. I wasn't going anywhere. And I think as a non-monogamous person, I was just like, well, here we are. And then I was pregnant. So I was just like, well, what are the things that come with pregnancy, you know, and all that stuff. So I was kind of concentrating on just like enjoying my pregnancy, which I totally did. I know I'm one of the weirdos, um, who really loved being pregnant. Um, I would do it 50 times if I could, if I wasn't 42, um, but, <laughs> but I'm kind of happy that I probably did this later on in life. Cause if I did this at 20, I, I, I definitely have like 30 kids by now. Um, <laughs> I just, just I, that's an interesting perspective. <laughs> yeah. well, what, one a year, one a you, year. No. Right. Right. <laughs> What, what was it that, that you love so much? Like, cause I, it's interesting that you're like, yeah, I'd just keep going back to the well if I could. Yeah. What I loved about being pregnant. I really loved the way my body looked. Um, I really loved having this little alien thing growing inside of me and seeing it move and shift. I, I really, I really enjoyed, um, just, uh, I, I really enjoyed just the, the the glow of pregnancy, and I love the energy. I had lots of energy. I had so much energy though that I did things that I probably wasn't supposed to do. You know, like I was like moving <laughs> furniture, and then I'd have to be like be out for three days because I like couldn't move, and I'm like, oh, I think <laughs> I stretched some weird muscle that I didn't know that like I had. 
Um, so it was very fascinating to see my body just kind of go through all of these changes. And I think as a curious person to be like, oh, my body is doing this weird, funky thing or, oh, my gosh, this baby is hiccuping or, you know, like just seeing all the things. So I think that is why I really enjoyed it. And I had fun. I had fun. When I got to the bigger stages of pregnancy, I think that's when it got weird for Esther. You know, she was just kind of like, ah, I don't, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't think sex is just going to have to be like off the table. So I think around maybe eight or nine months or so, maybe, maybe seven, maybe seven, eight, nine months. I think there was a good, like three months in there. Maybe I guess the last trimester that Esther was just like, I can't the belly you're, I don't know. Like she was just like, I can't do it. And so <laughs> I was just like, fine, but you better give me like all the sex when this, when I pop out this baby. So, <laughs> um, so that was like the plan. And, um, and you know, I was, I couldn't do anything. Cause you know, you know, they say like, Oh, you know, your, your, your body's not yours. If you're breastfeeding, um, so I was breastfeeding and so it was just like, you know, baby constantly on me. So sex really, and like having sexual relationships was just like, not even, and we're in the middle of a pandemic too. It was just, so all the things on top just really wasn't happening for me personally. But, you know, I think as, as I stopped, once I stopped breastfeeding or the baby started having more solid foods, you know, we finally kind of we're getting back into a, a rhythm that felt good. And now it feels really nice. So now that like the baby just turned one and I'm just like, yay, you know, like you can go to other people. Cause I was just like, you know, one of those mamas that was like, I'm not let my baby, I'm not, <laughs> you know, nobody can watch this baby, but me, you know what I mean? Um, and as the primary caregiver of the baby, I just was just like, ah, you know, a little scared and hesitant, um, around that. Um, but now I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable. He's, um, almost walking, you know, he's almost talking. Um, so now I feel a little bit, uh, less weary and, uh, yeah, less worry about like, um, him being around other people. And so, um, as far as my non-monogamous journey though, I'm super excited because I now get to go to like all the different cons that are opening back up and all the different places that I get to play in. So I'm super jazzed this weekend. I'm going to Sexicola, which is a big gathering in Pensacola of queer folks, um, on the beach. And so I'm ready to be topless there and hang out. And then um, I have another event, uh, Dark Odyssey, that's coming up in June that I'll get to uh, be kinky and do things with and bring my paddle and just, you know, like have a blast. So I am super excited to be able to play uh, with others again. And, uh, and yeah, so that's okay. where I am at so far in my personal journey. Love it. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I love that, you know, th the last two years, pandemic happened. Also, motherhood happened, which is, you know, that's a almost, I don't know, I don't know if it's a 
Like a good thing, kind of, right? Right, right. Like <laughs> is the, the go, a good thing that they coincided yeah. because, you know, you can't go out and do all the things that you wanted to do anyway. <laughs> right. That's what I felt. I was just like, yeah. well, it's just kind of, it is what it is. And now it's great. That's perfect, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so now you're at this point where you can go do all of these amazing things. Again, this thing's starting to open up and everything and your child is over a year now. And so it's a little bit more of a, yeah, he's not attached to you at, at every moment. So oh, I don't um, know about that. He's pretty attached, but <laughs> <laughs> pretty close. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was curious on that, a sort of, on the same thread, like, you know, you said like the last three months, seven, eight, nine months into the pregnancy, like your partner Esther said, like, yeah, no, I'm not doing the sex right now. I'm just curious, like if let's say there hadn't been a pandemic, do you think it would have been an opportunity then for you to be like, great, that's a need I can get met somewhere else? Or I guess how did it's I guess it's almost hypothetical. Like, how did pregnancy impact non-monogamy? But it's also like, was it wasn't just pregnancy. It was this fucking pandemic yeah. that we're also dealing with. So, like, I don't know how you ever, like, detangle those. But I'm just kind of curious on that thought for you. Yeah. Like, okay, so now that, like, we're working on the second pregnancy, like, how would I, How what am I going to do in these, like, maybe mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine months when, you know, when that happens? So I think what, I think for me, um, if I have the time and the energy, you know, for me, it was, so during that time, it was like a lot of masturbation, right? Because my sex drive was like whew, through the roof, you know, last last trimester. And so I think with that, I probably, like this year or next year, I think what would happen would be um, having that outlet elsewhere. And I'm kind of, uh, not, I kind of, I've committed to, to going some places. So I think that would also, that will also help me, even though if, if I happen to be pregnant, like, I think I'd still be able to play with folks, uh, because I'll, I'll be away from the house or whatever, you know, um, you know, our, our, policy is more of a uh, don't ask, don't tell. It's so complex. It's so weird, right? Like she's like, don't ask, don't tell. I'm like, please tell me all the things. If you happen to do something, I want to be in the room. Um, So our relationship dynamic is a little bit different um, because we are monogamish and I play while away and she just kind of (laughs) daydreams about playing. And then wants to see what my reaction is, even though it's the same every single time. I think maybe that excites her around like the fantasy of, of like the fact that I answer the same way or that I'm like, if you want to do it, go do it. But she's a little bit, she's more, definitely more reserved than I am. You know, she's definitely more conservative and more reserved. Yeah. I love that you brought back up, or brought up the don't ask, don't tell. And I think we probably touched on this in your first conversation. And I think I'd love to dig into it a little more because we've, we've talked to a few people since, and that is such a hard dynamic to navigate. And the, the conversation we had that, that kind of stuck out to me was the, the don't ask, don't tell works great as long as nobody's asking. Right. And right. part of the problem that this person was talking about, his name was Norm and I'll post a link in the show notes. He's like, the, the hard part is like, we love each other and we're super interested in each other's days. And so if I go out and have an experience, 
And I come home and my wife's like, oh, how was your day? What'd you do today? And now I have to lie. And, and it kind of paints him into a corner of like, I don't like, I don't want to violate the don't ask, don't tell. And I also don't want to lie to my wife. And, but like, she just wants to know how my day is. She wasn't like, how was your day? Did you go fuck anybody today? She's just like, how was your day today? And it's like, well, if I went and fucked somebody today, like I, now I have to lie about it. So I'm, I'm curious how you, you and Esther navigate that. Yeah. So we, um, basically what it is, is like, I, she doesn't really ask, she doesn't really ask me much about, she's just like, you do sex stuff. And that's like the thing you do. And it's over there. So right. even if, you know, I were to go somewhere, it's sort of like, it's sort of the last question on her mind. So she's not sure. very curious as to what happened or what did I do or who did I spank or what, you know, this or that or anything. She's not particularly curious around those things, um, which is great for me because then I don't have to deal with that question. Um, mm -hmm. And if she does ask, you know, like, I mean, come on. I'm going to Sexicola. If she were to say, what are you going to do in Sexicola? What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to hang out with your titties out and, you know, with like, you know, and flirt and do whatever, like whatever comes to mind, like I'm going to do. So she just knows, like, I, I don't need to ask that question. Like, you know, so I think yeah. part of it, I think for her, maybe part of it, like the psychological piece is just like, I'm not, I'm not interested in hearing about my wife you know, hanging out or, you know, having sex with other people. And, and then, you, you know, like I said, she's a bit more conservative or reserved. So, you know, she's one of those people that like, if you do just make sure you, you know, take five showers and then come see me. And I'm like, how would you even know if I took five showers? Like what? That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like that doesn't even make any sense. Um, but it's psychologically, I think whatever is like, I think it's religious trauma, honestly, part of it, right? Like, you know, like growing up, uh, she grew up like Seventh Day Adventist. So like part of it was like the religious trauma of like, oh, if you go beyond this scope of what is considered normal, it's dirty. But also realizing that like, I'm not dirty and like, I'm, you know, a whole being and this is who you married, right? Like, I didn't say I was going to be monogamous. I didn't say that that was the type of person I was. So mm -hmm. there's no bait and switch here. You know, there's, it's, it's me. So you have to honor all of me or, or we can't be yeah. in a relationship, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think it's, it's an interesting like parallel. It's not a perfect match, right? Because like for, for you, right. You're like, you're out about what you do. It's no secret that like your, your work and your travel and the conferences you go to and right. One could easily infer like, well, yeah, she's going to sex a cola, probably going to be some sex. Right. And so like, but I think it's the like, Hey, you, you set up a date and you're now trying to like go on this date without like, triggering your partner. And I think it, I, I get, it. it's not like a perfect, like you're in these spaces. It's sort of like assumed. It's like, I know what's happening. I just don't want to think about it mm -hmm. versus like, I don't even want to know what's happening. Right. Like, I just want to like, I assume you went to work, you came home and that's what happened. And like, if you stopped off and met a partner, you know, at a hotel, like, I don't even want to know that. But then you kind of get this like feeling of guilt of like, I'm now having to like, 
hide or even maybe this person's like i just want to go to this conference and they can't even say that they're going away for a weekend conference they have to say well i'm going away for the weekend like where are you going like mm. yeah <laughs> i i feel like that that's got to be hard for people you know what i mean because like um you know people who like not people like me like people who have like corporate jobs or people who are mm -hmm. just doing you know everyday people who are not in the sex world i think it can be difficult because you you do have to like hide or you're sheltering or if you're feeling like my partner is my best friend i tell them everything but i'm uh, have to hold back this part of me that is really juicy you know and really fun and exciting and i can't share it with them so who do i share it with um, and maybe, you know, maybe that's other friends and things like that. But I think sometimes that's even hard too, um, for people, um, to not be able to share all the things they want to share. And, um, and I also think too, you know, like the don't ask, don't tell people, I mean, they, they know who they are. They know, uh, I don't want to hear that, or I get jealous or I, you know, I just, it doesn't sit well with me, you know, and that's. And some of that is the sociocultural understandings, religious trauma, like all the things that are, you know, that come up for them that they don't want to face. And I think mm -hmm. that's fine. Sometimes our brains just need to hide the things so we feel fine and can go on about our day and be, you know, do the things. And yeah. so, um, and then, you know, and then there's like the people like me that are like, okay, well, that's your policy, but I want to know all the things, you know, <laughs> like tell me all the things I want to be in the room. I want to, I want to hear how, how juicy everything was. And, you know, and I guess some of us are in between, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also like, you know, don't, don't pull me sort of this idea of like, don't pull me back into it. Right. You're like, well, that's not my policy. So like, you know, I might post about it on my Instagram or my Twitter. And it's like, if you don't want to see it, don't go looking, right? You can't, it's the, the policy can't be like, I'm not going to ask and you don't tell anybody ever because I'm afraid that I might hear it through the grapevine. Like, that's a hard one to like impose on somebody. Yeah. And you know, you bring up a really great point with social media. Uh, so my wife doesn't have Instagram. So, you know, if I'm doing something or uh, I remember I posted, like I was licking somebody's face and like, you know, she's not going to see that. She's not going to go on my Instagram. She's not going to, you know, um, but I think like for her, like Facebook, she's like my venue's Facebook post the things that feel good on Facebook, you know, and whatever else you want to do, you can post in your Instagram stories or whatever, um, or, you know, talk about them wherever, right? Like, you know, she's yeah. not yeah. going on every single podcast that I've done or every, you know, like she's, she's <laughs> right. She's not listening to everything. No, right. Absolutely right. Not. Well, they just, I'm, you know, the piece you brought up a minute ago about wanting to share those things, like that can be hard for you, but also I can imagine just in an in a intimate, close, romantic relationship when you want to have some of those intimate conversations sometimes. And so you have to be creative in like, okay, this isn't something that we can talk about, but how else can we foster intimacy in our relationship when those things are just that we're just not talking about those things. And you have to almost be creative about that, I, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, if I wanted to share something like, ooh, um, or something nuanced or, yeah, that's a great, yeah, 
It's funny too, because sometimes these stories come out just like when, when our, with our friends or something like that, because I don't necessarily hide anything. And if it's like a past story, she's just like, oh my gosh, you know, she's just like, oh, I'd be okay if I never heard that story again, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think, yeah, for her, it's, it's definitely like, yeah, keep it, keep it close or keep it away from me. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's, it's, it's awesome that you two have been able to navigate that. Like, cause you like, like you said a minute ago too, like you don't have, everyone doesn't have to confront those things that they don't want to. And so if they want to keep it in there, the way that works for their brain. Okay. And then, but then you want to be able to do what you want to do. And so being able to navigate that sure doesn't, I'm sure it's not easy all of the time, but it's, it's amazing that you have. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things we, we talked about maybe like covering a little bit, was like how, how has the pandemic impacted your non-monogamous journey? And maybe like you, you work with a lot of different people, you interact with a lot of different people who are maybe on this path or just on their own relationship relationship path. journey. Yeah. Like how, how have you seen that impacting again, yours and the ones that you, you come into contact with? Yeah. Well, for mine, I, you know, I think because, of the pandemic and the pregnancy and stuff, a lot of the things were just kind of were naturally on pause. So for me, I don't think there was a, such a great of an impact, but for friends of mine or for clients, there has been like huge impacts. I mean, I know more than a few people who are, are now like, this is for the, I'm getting, getting divorces, you know, like things are like not working out. Um, and I think part of it is the amount of time spent with a partner, um, or partners. I think it's how we see people, how we are sharing information, like during the pandemic or how we react to certain things, I think can often have, have set people off. But I, you know, I really feel like the pandemic has (sighs) tested tested a lot of relationships and some of my friends it's like even the ones who are particularly getting divorced right are the ones who are being like not ethical right and it's just kind of like come on like you have an opportunity to say whatever it is you need to say or whatever why do you feel the need. And I think it's because they, you know, maybe in close quarters and just were feeling like they didn't have any alone time or any privacy or anything like that and needing the excitement of wanting to go out or whatever. So I think that impact has, has greatly um, affected a lot of relationships um, in one direction. So I would say that's the negative positive side. Oh my gosh. Like some of my clients have gotten closer got engaged or like have really developed really positive relationships. So they've built up uh, emotional attachments like over the time of the pandemic, like, Oh, we're, you know, we're video chatting or whatever. And Oh my gosh, the world's opening back up and now we can hang out. And I, a lot of that emotional prep has been really, really good for people. And so I've seen them develop their relationships, um, over time and, and 
Um, you know, and of course, I, as much as I think long distance relationships are valid relationships and all the things, there's nothing more intimate than smelling someone. You know what I mean? So you can build up a, a webcam, a virtual relationship, and you can get emotional. You can know all the things, right? Um, you can get catfish that way, right? But but to smell someone and to be like, ooh, this is a smell that I enjoy and that I want to be around, for me, is going to take precedence over whatever. So I think my... Personally, like my clients have been very lucky and that they have found people that not only they virtually vibe with, but that smell good to them too, you know? (laughs) I was going to say that's the flip side is you build this long rapport and you get to know somebody and then the first time you meet them and they stink and now you're in trouble because what are you going to do? Right. (laughs) Now you're like, now I'm not going to be able to deal with the stink, right? This is a a long distance only relationship. <laughs> I wonder actually that brings up a good point. I wonder how many people like started dating virtually in the beginning of the pandemic and everything and then when they met up in person was like, you know, this isn't this didn't work like I thought it would for whatever reason. I'm sure that that happened. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I feel like I learned that lesson a long time ago, like when you like on dating apps and things because like you know, and I'm one of those people that when I was on dating apps, it was just like, I need, I need you to be here. Like if we're going to talk, like just let's talk in person. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's very, some people just don't like to meet in person or let's have some more exchanges. And I'm like, that's a waste of my time because I can't smell you. I don't know <laughs> body language wise. I need to know, like I need to take in all of my senses, like all of you in that. And so I don't really, yeah, it, for me, it's very advantageous when we can smell someone, see how they move, see their energy, feel their energy, you know, drive on our intuition uh, rather than our, our logic, our heads and only what we're seeing through the, through the camera. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. And something you, you touched on, I think sort of at the beginning of this conversation about the way that the relationships, like you've seen people getting divorced and some of that is maybe like a lot of time spent together. And I think we've kind of heard and and again, we are not experts on most things, including this, but like the, the sort of anecdotally that like people are getting out and exploring non-monogamy or even just like casually swinging, like in numbers that are sort of unprecedented And it. And I almost wonder if there's like a, a parallel there to like this pandemic was a lot of like a, a slap upside the head, like live your, like this is your life. You've got to live it and be happy. And I think there's like some people who are going, well, let's give swinging a try. Let's see what this whole non-monogamy thing is about. And I think there's probably on the flip side, a whole lot of people going, what, what am I been doing? Like, I've been just like a robot for the last 20 years in this marriage. We wake up, we go to work, we come home, we blah, blah, blah. We make some dinner and we go to bed and we do it again. And you're like, when you actually stop and look at it and you're like, I I haven't been happy or my partner hasn't been happy. And now it's like, how do I get there? And you've got 20 years of like grooves carved in you. And like, those are tough to ungroove. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I think it's amazing that people are exploring non-monogamy more. I think part of it is, so I think part of it is kink's relationship to the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like those cultural concepts of kink have sort of bled into other alternative sexualities and relationships. And so I think now, like, you know, cause like after 50 shades of gray, right. People were like, Ooh, kink, let's, Oh, I want to explore that thing. Right. And I think now that we see like more and more people who are coming out as non-monogamous or we see Will and Jada's, you know, uh, right. what was it? What did she say the relationship was? Um, uh, I can't remember the, how she, how, what she phrased it as. I know it started with an E. Oh my gosh. I cannot I can't even remember. Oh my gosh. We'll find it as you're talking. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So yeah. um, So thinking about like uh, how celebrities are coming out and saying like, Hey, yeah, we have an open relationship or we are. uh, Did you find it? Entanglement. Entanglement. Yes. Entanglement. That's what it was. Oh yes. So yeah, when she was like, yeah, I have an entanglement and it was just like, oh, I wasn't an entanglement. That was like a whole relationship and like seeing somebody who is American as Will Smith. Right. And seeing, okay, you know, Jada and Will, wait, what they have, they are non-monogamous and what she had a relationship and it was a sexual relationship and it was da 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 da. And it wasn't, like they were weirdos or anything it was like but he's he's like the american you know american guy he's got everything um i think that helped to help people to see like there are alternatives to monogamy like there are alternatives to the way that we have been raised um there are alternatives to you know Uh, lifestyles and relationships that are very fruitful and successful and that feel good. Um, And so I think when you open it up like that and people finally start to realize like, Oh, Hey, I've, you know, I can be, I could be exploring these things and, you know, it brings a certain, when you have someone else kind of, I don't want to have someone else into your relationship, but it brings a new energy. You know what I mean? It brings a new energy that whether it's in yourself or in your lover or lovers, like it brings a new energy. And I think people are craving that energy. People are craving that dopamine. People are craving that something different and unique that feel good. So yeah. I think that's why more and more people are, are exploring and I'm all for it. I just think people should really take the time to see what feels good for them. Right. So for me, you know, some folks are like, polyamorous is my sexual identity or my sexual orientation. Like I am polyamorous and I tried on polyamory and I was like, Ooh, Ooh, no, mm -mm, doesn't work for me. Right. And so I think when you, we explore that, when we start exploring and being more self-aware of like what relationships work with our own personal schema, we become better at acknowledging like, Oh wait, this piece of, monogamy works for me and maybe this piece of non-monogamy works for me or you could be like my best friend who's like you know i'm solo poly but honestly the only dynamic that works for me is i just need two girlfriends and those two girlfriends just need me that's it like a nice v 
you know, and like, that is my relationship ideal. I stop. That's it. I don't want to go on any more dates. I don't want to have any more emotional interactions with people. That's it. And so I think when we take the time to explore our relationship styles and take the time to explore how other people's relationship styles are compatible with ours, then we can't, we can come to a full understanding of like who we are as, as relational and sexual beings. So Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love I, that. I love that. I was curious if you, if you'd be willing to talk a little bit about what, when you tried polyamory on, mm-hmm. what didn't, what didn't fit for you? Yeah. Oh That's God. Too many emotions. Thing. Oh Lord Jesus. <laughs> I was just, so it was interesting, right? Because one part, one partner was in town like 10 minutes away and the other partner had moved. So they weren't, they were, in town briefly and then moved a few hours away, then moved uh, all the way to the other, to California. And so I was like, okay, so how am I navigating this? And, you know, my California partner who I'd been with longer was like, I need this day, this day, and this day to be only you days. Like we, you know, we, it's our phone day. It's our webcam sex day. It's our day. Like, okay. And then, you know, my other partner who only lived 10 minutes away, was just like, mm, okay, who didn't really like, this was the first polyamorous relationship, um, that they had. And it was mine too, but I, um, my whole life I date, I've dated multiple people at the same time. So, mm-hmm. cause I feel like that's what everybody should do, <laughs> but, um, like they weren't a person that actually did that. They just kind of dated one person at a time. And so it was kind of different for them and, um, uh, different for her. And so, so the parts that I did not enjoy, I think were just the emotion handling so many emotions the neediness of a long distance partner versus the neediness of a local partner trying to navigate these personalities or even stories of who I told what to like keeping that shit on. Are you kidding me? I can't even Esther and I can barely get our wedding dates. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) we are so stuff like that, like would be very hard for me. Um, and so I, I didn't enjoy that stress and pressure of like all the, the dates and all of that. Yeah. And the, and it's too, too many personalities and the difference in personalities were so, so vastly different. I just couldn't, I, it was too stressful for me. I just couldn't handle it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's one of those things that then it's like, you now know this about you and you can focus your energy on finding and in, in, uh, fostering the relationships that that do work for you. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. love that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as um, when you when you become new parents, that obviously has a major impact on your relationship. And I wanted to see too if you could just if you wouldn't mind touching on that and how it how it's impacted your relationship because. Uh, and how you've navigated that, because I think so, it can be relatable to so many people. Yeah. So, you know, 
it, it definitely complicates things, right? So having a new baby definitely complicates the time, energy spent, the time and energy that you were spending with your lover is now getting taken by the baby. And then also thinking about the dynamics of work and just everyday responsibilities, right? And so for me, I personally was impacted and really stressed out um, because I was the primary caregiver. I worked from home. It was like I had no other... Like I didn't have a lot, a lot of friends around, like a lot of our friends moved to uh, Atlanta. Um, and it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, like, uh, it was, it was very difficult. And so I, I think with the, it's funny because at one point I was like, I need like a submissive or somebody like somebody else needs to be in this house you know, besides just me and this baby, I can't have adult conversations with the baby, you know, like (laughs) not possible. And I'm tired of having baby conversations. So I think the impact of kids can be do new kids. I mean, my, my, I feel like when you have, so the, (laughs) I'm sorry, my brain is going in all sorts of different directions. It's all good. Um, so for sex down South, right. I had, um, Before my mother got there, I had hired um, a friend of mine to help me watch uh, Malachi. And she is part, she has three partners. They all live together. And I think they have two kids. And so like they all live in one house and it's like, that's amazing because like, she's like, oh yeah, call me whenever. Like, I'll just have another parent, you know, take care of the kids or whatever. There's four of them there you know, two kids. It's okay. Um, and they're, and they were grown, like not grown, but they were, you know, they're teenagers or something like that or young, you know, between like 13 and 17 or something like that. So it was like, um, I was just like, Oh my gosh, like that's awesome. Right. To have somebody else in the house, not have to worry to also be a parent, to also like, I was like, oh man, polyamory would be great right about now. But like, <laughs> yeah, which syncs up to the question like previous, what you were just talking about. It's like, oh, that would be real great. But hey, I tried that. No, right. I tried really that thing. It doesn't work. <laughs> but damn like, it, that I, would be really great. I know. <laughs> if I try it as a parent, would it be different? Oh, I've already, I've already, I'm, I'm in too deep now. So too late, too late now. But, um, I was thinking like, oh, what's that's such an asset, you know, to have multiple people in the household, to actually have community, to take care of kids. Cause like, I can't just drop them off at the neighbor's house. I don't know these people, you know, we don't really talk to a whole lot of our neighbors. I don't know if y'all know your neighbors like that, but like a lot of people, we just don't know our neighbors like that. So like community just looks different. And, um, So I was just like, oh, that would be amazing to have that, to have that support. So I guess that's part of the, the challenge is like not having the support to even have alone time. My alone time is like from 10 PM to 2 AM and then I'm asleep, you know? So like 
do I want to spend time like reading a book or do I want to be like on some app or trying to talk to someone or trying to, you know what I mean? So like part of me is like, I only get a certain amount of alone time. How am I going to invest that alone time? So for me being able to go out, so for dark odyssey, the camp, uh, the kink camp, I'm going to be, so my caretaker, she's coming with me. I'm just going to get an Airbnb and she's just going to come with me. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, I'll be able to go explore, play while she's there and come back and, you know, do all this, you know, be there. So that's the only kind of support that I have currently at the moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, but that's awesome that, that that arrangement, like that you're able to do that. Yeah. But that's the dynamic. So it's changed dramatic, like parenting, like, I, I feel like the difference between like having a new baby versus an older baby <laughs> or, yeah. or a kid yeah. or a teenager is going to be like, if I had a teenager, I probably would be able to just kind of go back to quote unquote normal or go back to, you know, go back to life as I had it. But having a new baby, I think really puts a, you know, puts a kink in your, you know, way of life. Kinks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it is interesting too. You talk about the, like the value of alone time, but it's also balancing alone time so you can rejuvenate yourself time with time with Malachi. So you can nurture that relationship, but also time with Esther, right? So you can build that relationship. And then there's like, there's time with Esther with Malachi and there's time where it's just the two of you. And like, it's, it becomes just such a balancing act that like, how do you find time all these different people and then like if you do have interest in like chatting with somebody on an app or a connection that you made at a conference like when do you when do you build that in and make that person you know feel loved and and also like your your need for that like outside like that new relationship energy even if it's a a casual relationship like it's still exciting and jazzes you up Yeah. I think what's for me, I always tell people I'm an in-person person, right? Mm -hmm. So I see you in person. You have 100% of my attention. Um, If I don't see you, you're probably not going to have 100% of my attention. So I tend to let people know that up front. So if they try to sort of be more emotionally invested or they feel some type of way about me not answering that, like Marco Polo is great for that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just sort of like, I can talk to you on my walk or whatever, or, you know, and, and then have it get that message. And, and I feel like I'm able to foster relationships that way. Um, that feel good to me on the timeline that is, is good for me. So I feel like you just have to find, find the ways, you know, find mm-hmm. the ways to make it work that, uh, feel good to you both. And then if something doesn't feel good to you both, then I, you know, then it's just kind of like, ah, eh, well, it is what it is. Cause I mean, there have definitely been times where I, you know, played with someone and then like, okay, we got to do this again. And then it's like, well, when are we going to be able to do that again? I don't know. I don't know. But then the buildup of like, Oh yeah, I think it would be great if we did this or we did that or whatever. Um, and, but then over time it's like, if you don't get together, well, part of the issue I had particularly was because of the pandemic, right. So it was mm-hmm. like before yeah. the pandemic, it was like, ooh, let's do that. But da, 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 da. And now it's like, 
Uh, well, shit, we can't. I don't know when is that. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Cause like <laughs> this is annoying. We don't know when that's gonna happen. Uh, right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So now, actually, now that I mention it, now it's probably the, the very fruitful time to kind of bring back up those conversations and start planting those sex seeds again to see um, if I can, you know, if 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 things are you know, can go back or, you know, if there's an opportunity to, to play again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. I think that the term that I'm keep like thinking of, we've, we've had people describe like sort of like a comet relationship, like mm. it sort of comes around and it's mm -hmm. like, I see that sort of likened to the, like, I'm an in-person person. Like, Hey, if I meet you and we're at a conference and like, this might be like super intense for two or three days, but then like, I might go back to like, we maybe only communicate once a week or once a month via text message, but it's, it's, I know for people like me, it's hard then to feel like I got just like kicked to the curb or I got used. Right. But to then like be able to like come back and say like, no, it was still a very valid connection. It was still a valid relationship. Marla doesn't hate me. Like she's just busy as hell and we're busy. And so like, it doesn't diminish the connection we had just because it doesn't go on and on all day, every day. And that like, maybe not every relationship is, is meant to do that, but it is, it's such a, we're like so ingrained by society that like, this is what a relationship should look like. And when you start breaking away from that, it's hard to like tease out like, Oh, well this is still okay. Like I don't need to feel shitty about this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of one of the exes that I had uh, the polyamorous relationship with. I'm going to see her, um, this weekend at Sexicola and part of me is like, huh, I wonder what this is going to be like, right? Because we've never been in such a sexed up environment, um, together. And I don't know if the lines will blur and that, that honestly titillates me and freaks me out at the same time. Right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. huh. Cause um, there's, it brings it a different level of emotion. Right. Right. Cause it's like, could it be a comment? And it could, or, you know, like, or how do we, or, or it could be nothing. It could just be like, we're just friends again, you know? And that's good. We were friends before, you know, we're friends now, like, you know, so yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Think about <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear how it goes. <laughs> That's where my I'm brain like, went. Was oh. like, oh man! I know, right? I'm like, who? <sighs> also, I gotta say, I love the name Sexicola. Every time you say it, I think of like just like popping open a nice <laughs> ice cold like beverage and sitting by the pool while you're like having sex. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a great Konani name. flavored this cola. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> uh, well, we also um first of all, thank you for everything that you shared and I wanted to did you have any other questions before I wrap it up? Well, no, I, I love I love that this conversation has just sort of been like a let's hang out and chat with Marla about everything under the sun, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So, yeah. we appreciate you just kind of going on the adventure with us and in, and having a good time. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No. We really appreciate it. And I just wanted to also give you an opportunity if you want to talk, you know, we've had some, you've had some books coming out, come out, not coming out. You've had some books already that have published as well as other work that you've done. And I just wanted to give you this opportunity to uh, talk about all of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, Jess and I co-wrote a book called The Ultimate Guide to Seduction in Foreplay that came out April 2020. So that was really, it's it's still super amazing. I'm still super proud of that book. It's awesome. I think everybody should have it. Um, and then December, I was a part of a group that co-edited a book called The Intersectional Approach to Sex Therapy. And I wrote a chapter in there as well. And super proud of that book. Just super great minds. So amazing. And I'm sure there's probably going to be another book in the works. So those are the two books. And then, um, of course, Sex Down South is happening again in person. We're doing a hybrid. So last year we did a hybrid. Um, definitely, of course, not as many people came out last year because we had all the, like, the COVID protocols and everything in place. Um, but this year we're definitely having the in, you know, in-person conference and we are still doing the hybrid piece just because we would like to have it accessible for folks. So we are still doing that. So we're going to, you know, have a whole team for that. Well, that's what we learned though. We need to have a whole entire team for the, for two, basically two conferences happening at the same time. Um, and then I have some virtual festivals that I have with Velvet Lips. So we just had Clip Fest. That was amazing. So lots of different presenters talking about, um, the clitoris and the vagina. Um, so that was great. And then this year we'll, I'll do Dick Fest again. So last year I had Dick Fest, which is also, I started with Dick Fest. I just woke up with the dream of like, oh my gosh, we should do this. So Dick Fest will be happening again. And then in August, um, planning to have Booty Fest will just be a virtual festival, you know, all about the booty. And so that is, the plans as far as that kind of stuff. And then Sex Down South is going to be doing some fun stuff too. We're going to be having some day conferences, but that's going to come next year. But I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, lots of different fun stuff going on. I'll be starting a membership community soon. So um, if people want to like learn the lessons and all of that stuff or learn how to be in relationships or learn about their values and I'm giving them all the tools that I wish I had, um, you know, previously. And, and so, uh, I'm excited about starting that up too. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I love it. And, uh, all links to everything that you said will be in the show notes and you can find out, like I saw the clip fest and dick fest on at your in, all over your Instagram. And so that's, people can follow you there to learn more too. Yeah, I was curious, can you can you give a little more detail on like if somebody was to come down to Sex Down South or join the virtual, like what what types of things can they expect to like experience? Wow. So Sex Down South, we'd like to say it's a very immersive experience. Um, we want people to be there the whole entire time. We think if you just come for the day, you're gonna you know, shoot yourself in the foot because you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, I want to stay. So we say it's like a really immersive experience. We want people to take the time to be there the whole entire time. So it's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, um, from 8am until pretty much midnight. So like during the day, um, they're all workshops. So it's about like probably 10 to 12 workshops happening at a time. We have a healing space, uh, that people can go in for different healing modalities. So some people might be practicing Reiki or you might get a massage or maybe you get your cards read or maybe, you know, I don't know, whatever. There's that. We also have therapists that are on call. Um, so if people feel some type of way or just want to talk to someone, they can go to see a therapist or call a therapist um, totally for free. 
Um, and then uh, we also have the dungeon. And so the dungeon will be, we call it the labyrinth. And that's, you know, for exploring all the kinky stuff. We have a lot of kinksters that come through. So that's really amazing and fun and just have a really a blast. And then we also have like a wish board, which is really cool. Cause basically, basically you put up your wish and, you know, maybe you put up your number and maybe you hook up with someone or maybe whatever. Right. So, uh, you know how Frolicon does has their like personal ads kind of is the same kind of thing. So our, our little wish board. And we have lots of vendors. So we have about 30 vendors that come. We try to have very different kinds of vendors, lots of local vendors, of course, um, but different types of people selling different types of things. So you're not going to see like 18 sex toy vendors, you know, then we have, what else do we have? We have meetups. So for people who are coming there by themselves, uh, we have folks who kind of wrangle, can wrangle people in like, uh, have some community there. And we also have uh, night entertainment as well. So it's, um, uh, we start off with a little bang on Thursday night. Then we have a mix and mingle Friday night where people can mix and mingle with our sex celebs. And then Saturday, um, we have our big bang, which is our closing party. Um, and that's uh, a blast as well. So Lots of different things happening. And as far as virtually, that's, of course, going to be very limited. So um, we will be live streaming, I think, maybe three or four classes um, in this space. And then we will, you know, then there will be uh, online only classes. And I'm not sure if we'll be streaming like the Big Bang or anything as far as live streaming that. But um, I don't think we did that last year. So those are the only kind of. Yeah, you know, disadvantageous things about being on the hybrid, but we really, we really encourage people to be there in person, and we make that possible by having scholarships. Uh, you can volunteer for a discounted ticket um, if you need to make a payment plan. Um, there's several people now that like um, they're like, okay, I need uh, I need a payment plan for transportation, hotel, and my ticket. You know, how much will that cost me? Like, how much can you pay over time? So we have payment plans for people. Um, so we really just try to make it accessible to, to folks. Awesome. I love that. And thank you for sharing a little bit more about that. And we're super bummed. We were planning to be there this year and then we got, we got curveballs thrown at us. Well, I guess we threw them at ourselves, but <laughs> nevertheless, like we, we were planning to be there and now we're not going to be. So hopefully next year we can make it happen. But yeah, we're excited to uh, get the word out there and send hopefully as many people we can. Yeah, absolutely. So. Please, please, please. And if you ever want to do something for the hybrid portion, I mean, you know, that's there. Um, we would love to have you, you know. Awesome. Well, yes, thank you well, for thank that. you for that. We'll definitely keep that in mind and let you know. Is there anything else that you wanted to get out there? Oh my gosh, I think I've said everything. No. <laughs> you can find my website, velvetlipsexed.com. You know, um, you can find, I'm sure, you know, you're going to put those in the show notes. So I'm, I, everything. Yeah. Yeah. It'll all be in the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much again for coming on, Marla, and just sharing all the the joy and enthusiasm you have for this work so we love it and we appreciate it awesome thank you
And we're back. Hey. You still got COVID there, Emma? <laughs> yes, I still got COVID. I think so I, do you. I think I got it from you. <laughs> I think that's probably like It was that night we set up the fan in the bedroom and it blew from <laughs> your side to my side instead we, of my side to your we, side. We switched that. Yeah, but <laughs> it, had ar- it had already blown the infection into my face. <laughs> that's all right. We're not uh, perfect. Anyway. Um, Lots of antibodies, though. Yes, that's Thumb- true. Two thumbs up for antibodies. All right. <laughs> A huge thank you to, now that we're done talking about COVID, hopefully. Forever. <laughs> a huge thank you to Marla for coming on the podcast and sharing everything that you did and for the amazing, amazing work that you are doing. Uh, a quick reminder, go check out Sex Down South that's coming up this September 8th through 10th, and you can get $15 off registration by using the code EMMA. That's correct. And you can also head over to the show notes and see links to all of Marla's books, all of her work, all of her everything. Yes. So check that out. Again, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and you click on the podcast tab or there are links in your podcast player show notes. Yes. Hey, you know, I was thinking. What? (laughs) (laughs) Got me on the edge of the seat. Yeah. Caught you off guard too. If you're going to go to Sex Down South, you know, perhaps there's a chance you could have some Sex Down South. That's true. Yes. And if you're going to do that, perhaps you should get tested for STIs. What do you think, Emma? I think that's a fantastic idea. And I love your segues. Yeah. I think you should also probably get tested for COVID first. But we're we're here to talk about testing for STIs. The newest newest STI is COVID. Anyway. The point is, we use a service called stdcheck.com. It is absolutely amazing. It's the site Emma and I have been using for years to get tested, and we love it. It's fast, it's easy, and at about $130, $129 exactly, Yes. when you use the discount code on our website, it is affordable. And it's also discreet. It is discreet. It could not be more discreeter. Gosh. Really talking it up. <laughs> so anyway, the point is there are links uh, in the show notes and on our resources page. The links save you $10 and they help support the show financially. And we wouldn't be telling you about this service if we didn't use it and love it ourselves. So if you're going to get sexed down south, we recommend you get tested first. Yes. And thank you in advance for using the links and for being a sexual health advocate. And for going to sex down south. And for going to sex down south. All right. I think that's all of the things other than shirts. A quick reminder. I will say, hold on. If you're wearing these shirts, you're definitely going to need to be tested for STIs (laughs) because people are going to be trying to fuck you everywhere you go. Right. That's what give love Consensually. Right? (laughs) (laughs) It's a big graphic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're walking. We're walking. No, it's perfect. It's totally perfect. Uh, So you're going to buy a shirt and you're going to get tested because everyone. (laughs) Did you just let me finish? No. Because everyone's going to want some of you when you're rocking this shirt. <laughs> oh, man, we're nailing this. Yes, go check out our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and you'll find the shirts there, links to purchase. They're available until July 22nd. The other the other side effect these shirts have, you, we get a lot of emails from typically men saying, like, nobody ever swipes right on me when I'm on Tinder or Field or Bumble. Well, this, or, one, this would help. Yeah, this... If you Garan- post a shirt, a, garant- a picture of yourself in the shirt. A guaranteed 97% increase. Uh, How in are you going to guarantee that? I, I'm just guaranteeing <laughs> it. It's not a money back guarantee. It's just a guarantee. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you in advance for going to 
purchase your shirt. And let us know how it works on your profile. Yes. So we can back these claims up. Yes. Yes. If you have a testimonial, <laughs> you should definitely send it to us. So get a shirt, get tested, wear your shirt on your profile, and get laid. Okay. We've covered a or lot. Or have a nice dinner. You could just have a nice... You don't have to get laid. No, you could just have a nice dinner. Just, right. Or Unless even a nice Hawaii. conversation. You, you could, could be in Hawaii and get laid. God. <laughs> so what's next week, this, Emma? This outro is so off the rails. Sorry, Marla. <laughs> I'm not sorry at all, Marla. What's next week, Emma? Next, Do we have another interview? Next week, we have an interview with Caitlin and Julian. It's amazing. Come back and listen. And... Get yourself a shirt. Get yourself a shirt and test it for STIs and go to Sex Down South. Man, you're going to be busy this week. We'll see you next week for your recovery. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.